and welcome back to the Give and Go. I'm your co-host Reynoso here with my boy Saltero. We have a great slate of games happen today with yeah. England facing off against France most recently. And we're going to get into that one first. Please. We're going to get into that one first because it is official. The streets are saying it now. It is not coming home. <laughs> the World Cup trophy will not be going back to its uh, origin. It will be staying potentially where the defending champions already had it, brother. Yeah. France showing once again their actual prowess when it comes to this big stage, the ability to take on so much pressure, but still come out with the goddamn result, man. Yeah. The French still got it like that, man. Led by the incredible offensive talents of Oliver Giroud, Giroud Antoine Griezmann's assisting powers as well. Mm -hmm. This team mm -hmm. showed up yet again and got the big win today against an England team that really, truly tested them bro yeah the build-up to this game i think completely met the hype as far as it actually being fulfilled out on that pitch because this game was probably the highest quality of footballing talent on both sides i think at this world cup so far we said at before this game that this probably could have been a final and i think it showed man could have ended 2-2 could have gone into extra time if you know of course harry kane finished that penalty chance and we'll get into that into in a bit but what a game and congratulations to france who are now going to a semi-final and are that much closer to being able to retain the World Cup trophy, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, dude, I love watching the game, and I was just like, holy shit, these are two heavyweights going yeah. at it right now. The, the talent, the quality on display really was at the highest, highest level, man, with yeah. Bukayo Saka, bro, testing that right wing and just having it constantly under pressure and in danger, creating so many opportunities. And likewise, you know, Mbappe, the whole storyline with him and Kyle dude. Walker facing off against yeah. each other, there was that one play where they finally went toe-to-toe -to -toe and like almost like a little a sprint a yeah, race yeah. and Mbappe got the edge and won it but that moment itself I was just like god damn dude there's so yeah. many fun matchups happening here so many little battles and it just amounted to this incredible game overall yeah you know the game itself started honestly pretty cagey and both teams were just kind of feeling each other out but then there was that early goal right side comes into Chouameni from Griezmann and he just wax the shit out of that ball bro <laughs> yeah. wax it and it just peels away from Pickford France go up one nil and at that point I was like okay great because out of all the other quarterfinal games man it's been so cagey nil nil for the longest time and then in this one we got like what a goal in the first 10 yeah, 15 minutes yeah. so France immediately off the mark but I knew England were going to respond and as soon as they conceded that goal England did really respond completely took over possession and really tried to squeeze and hound that back line of France and I thought they did a really good job always finding Bukayo Saka always find, finding Phil Foden and of course Hain turning inside the box having that big chance being blocked by Hugo Lloris who himself had a really really good game so there's just so many moments where the defense had to do some sort of last just defending or the offender had to do something crazy to get past yeah, these defenders yeah. this was high quality football and this is exactly what the World Cup's about especially when we get into these latter stages of the tournament man what a fucking game and so going into so going into halftime right it, it was it one nil right uh, yeah halftime yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so then a after that a coming into the second yes. half after that when the penalty call gets yes. called Harry fucking Kane against Hugo Lloris dude I haven't seen a penalty build up like that in a long yeah. time yeah, yeah I love the underlying story of the fact that both these players play at the same club they do this at the training ground every single day yeah they almost knew it exactly too there's these shots I was seeing from the camera team where they're building it up the way that a UFC fight gets built <laughs> yeah. up right before the fight starts off like the shots we were getting I was like what the fuck is about to happen yeah. here bro and 
Harry Kane even went up and had to readjust the ball just to add more tension to the moment. And ultimately, he came through, bro, shooting a perfect, perfect penalty to tie the game up 1-1. Yeah, a really, really good penalty shot. But that's the thing. On that first penalty, I knew Kane was going to put that through. He's one of the best penalty takers in the game. So when he stepped up, I was like, oh, Kane's got this. Makes it 1-1. But then, you know, France kind of get back in the game, and they just do what they always do best, which is go forward, attack, use their offensive prowess as we already previewed for France. But you know what's funny, man? I think France are actually better when the game is tied or they're actually chasing the game. It's really interesting because France, when they take a lead, they really kind of get lazy at the back. We kind of saw it, saw it against Poland where they kind of let Poland back into the game at, at, at certain points. And of course, both of England's chances ended up being mistakes at the back for France. So that back line, even though it works and it does get them results at the end of the day, there's so many shaky moments just with this France, France's defense overall. But they were able to get a really good second goal through uh, Antoine Griezmann on the left side, swinging it in to Olivier Giroud. And my God, dude, what a fucking tournament Olivier Giroud is having, yeah. bro. And, and it's so funny because when you do that parallel of the 2018, zero goals, and then now what, he's yeah, four? true. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he's uh, second in the Golden Boot race. I think he's yeah. behind Mbappe right yep, now. Yep, just so in, behind is, Mbappe. It's crazy what that French offense has to offer. Yeah. And yeah, they go up 2-1, but... Throughout this whole game, bro, England was imposing themselves. They had opportunities, yeah. bro. And Yoris had himself an amazing game. The broadcast made a big point to be known that, like, he had more saves in this game than, like, combined all the other games. Yes. So I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, yeah. England was trying to get past him, past him, but they just couldn't, bro. They just yeah. couldn't in open play. They needed those penalties to kind of get an opportunity to ultimately score a goal. But, yes, it becomes 2-1. Oliver Giroud's celebration is insane, bro. Yeah. Insane. I don't know if he's coked Dude. out. Roid rage. I don't know what that <laughs> shit was. He was just so, so goddamn passionate in that moment. I was like, God yeah. damn, Ollie. Yeah. He, really, he really felt it for France in that moment, man. Yeah. You know, he absolutely did. But then, of course... England, again, kind of slowly get back in the game. And, you know, what, what, 10, 8 minutes left on the clock, Harry Kane gets another chance to equalize the game through the penalty spot, man. And I had the same feeling. I said, it's Harry Kane. He's going to score. He's going to put it in the back of the net. There was no doubt in my mind. And when he missed it, man, I was shocked, shook. I was so fucking stunned because I couldn't believe it. It's Harry Kane, the most reliable guy in this English squad, especially offensively, in my opinion. And I could not believe not only did he miss it, it didn't even get blocked, bro. He skied that shit. He skied, he skied it. it. He, skied it he lost that mental battle between him and Hugo Lloris, and France retained the lead at that point. I, I, at that point, I was just like, wow, I cannot believe what I just witnessed because I swear, I would have bet my goddamn house that Harry Kane would have equalized to make it 2-2. I, I swear, I, I was so stunned with that penalty missed by Harry Kane. I, I can't yeah. believe it. Harry Clank is what one of our viewers <laughs> says. <laughs> Harry Clank. Kane got nervous. Kane busted an Asamoah Gyan. Shout out to Shit. the Ghana player that, yeah, yeah, actually whiffed it too in the yeah. World Cup. The moment might have been too big. I don't know what it was. I don't know bro. what it was, he, man. He's been in moments like this, man. That's what I'm saying. He's been in big moments. He led England to a semifinals in 2018 to the World Cup, and then he led them to the Euro 20 uh, to the Euro final as well. So there's no way. But maybe it was. Maybe he started just going through his mind. He's like, shit. I, I got, we got to get to the semis. I have to make this shot. If we don't, we're probably not going to get the equalizer if I miss this. And I, I guess the moment got too big, but I don't want to believe that. 
But, yeah. but I, I don't want to believe that because it's Harry Kane. But man, I, I there, there's what other reason could it be other than the fact that he just got in his head? Yeah, it was just kind of psychological. It was psychological, man. But what a that's the fucked up thing about football is that, What's that at the end of the day, you know, this is on Kane. Kane fucked up. He scores that, England going extra time, 100%. And who knows what happens? You know, maybe they pull a Croatia where Brazil had, you know, a large portion of the game and going into right, the penalty right. shootout, they were hoping that they could fin finish it. But, you know, it just could, wasn't going to happen. I can't believe that Kane missed that, man. I can't believe it. And for him to, to see those images at the end of the game, man, heartbreaking. Damn, Truly man. heartbreaking. Was I was silent for like 10 minutes, man. <laughs> just looking at Kane like, yeah. Jesus, man. He deserves better than that. That's what sucks because I, I hope people don't really harp on him for this, man. Because yeah, this is, this yeah, is yeah. so, so yeah. tough for him because, you know, lifting the trophy, the World Cup is the biggest thing that's been on his mind. He's been so vocal about that back in England, even though you know, his heart is with Tottenham and he's given that club so much. Winning the World Cup with England is his biggest dream. And for him to miss a penalty knowing that he is the sole reason why they didn't get that extra chance to go into extra time against France, that hurts. Yeah. That really does hurt. Yeah, and I hope that overall people don't uh, don't kind of harp on this English team because the way they went out in the quarterfinals right now, but essentially outplaying France, to be honest, yes. deserves credit, bro. Yes. It deserves credit, and I hope that people don't spin this loss and focus in on the Harry Kane miss to the point that they pounce on this English team for what they ultimately failed to do, which was right. get to the semis. But when you face an opponent as strong as France, bro, in the yeah. quarterfinals, we said it before, this could have been a final. Yeah. With the level of quality on, on the pitch, this could have truly been a final. So I don't blame this English squad for going out in the quarterfinals. I don't, I don't yeah. see this as a failure, to be honest. Whereas in the past, if you had told me they would go in the quarterfinals, I'd be like, ah, it's a little disappointing. But to yeah. know now, contextually, what happened, I, I, you got to be proud of him, man. You got to be proud of him. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Yeah. And I'm not going to harp on them the way that I thought uh, going into the tournament. Yeah, I think the narrative that England is a mid-team and, you know, they let the USA kind of hound them a little bit. That narrative, I think, needs to go out the window after this performance because they completely showed that they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with probably one of the best teams in the tournament and a team that actually might end up lifting the trophy. Because after the performance they showed today, France are still elite. They're still one of the best teams in the world, and England were nearly there. So yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. For me, this actually isn't a failure for England. They just played a really goddamn good team today. Yeah. Let's see the super chat, see what the chat is saying, folks. What y'all got in mind today for us? What did you guys think about this game? David Cerda says, it is not coming home. And that is fucking right, man. It's not coming home. It's Sombra Regio 7 for five bucks. Thank you, my guy. He says, the tension of Morocco versus France finna be so thick. Morocco will get the chance to eliminate the country that oppressed them. Let's go, Morocco. This is going to be a hell of a game, a honestly. Lot of, uh, political undertones there, and I'm excited to preview that in a second. Ben Lowry, good to see you again, my friend. He says, sorry I'm late. My picks were wrong today, sadly. Had it 2-1, if you remember, and called it 78-minute just had Bellingham, Bellingham, not Giroud. Ah, come on, Messi. I guess. Damn. Ben's a, <laughs> a little disappointed, bro. The Hitman, two dollars. Thank you, my friend. I love Morocco taking out colonizers one by one, bro. Starting off with what Spain, the then yeah. Portugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sombra Regio seven for five dollars once again it says Morocco colonized again. Morocco colonized by France, Spain. And Portugal historically, Portugal. and now they could eliminate all their colonizers in the same World Cup. I, I believe. believe. 
I believe. Damn. Damn, dude. Well, you got that on top of the magical run Morocco's on right now. This could truly be something amazing for your country, my friend. Mauricio Ramirez, $10. Thank you, bro. Glad to finally catch at least part of your live stream, but I always watch them after work. Dope. Gotta go back to work and just stop by to say I'm done with predictions for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah, I agree, man. man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm done with it, yeah, man. Yeah, this, yeah. this tournament has been so beautifully unpredictable. Yeah. So I'm wrong. I'm I'm happy to be wrong, but goddamn it, is it hard to be in the prediction game and you know try to have an opinion on <laughs> and shit. And be confident too. <laughs> like at this point, man, you know, fuck predictions. Fuck predictions, bro. <laughs> Southgate disaster class says swap nil. Bottle yeah. FC says England not good enough. Good enough should have relied on fouls. I do want to point out, man, the tournament I thought overall has been pretty good about refing, but then the quarterfinals arrived. Mm. It's been weird, bro. It's been weird. These 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 referee these refereeing performances have been so shaky in my opinion, yeah. man. No consistency and just missing some really bad obvious calls, man. Yeah. And maybe it's the fact that these games are more you know, high octane now. So it's kind of highlighted a little bit more, but yeah. I just feel like they're not electing the right guys to referee these games, bro. Because yeah. what we saw today in England, France, I thought was nearly as bad, not as bad, but nearly as bad as the Argentina Netherlands match as well. Yeah. It was similar in the sense that so many 50, 50 calls were just so inconsistent, man. That's my biggest harp. If he's going to be a stickler about it, I'm fine with that, but just be consistent. But Sampaio of the day was pretty inconsistent in the middle of the field. Luckily though, once the play got towards the end of the pitches, uh, he, he was actually pretty consistent there. I thought both penalty calls were the right call at the end of the day. So, yeah, controversially, I don't think he was as bad as yesterday's, man. But, yeah, today is still pretty inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. a couple super chats here. What do we have? Mauricio Ramirez, $5, he says. Mauricio Ramirez, $5, says. Something tells me Ronaldo is going to retire. Sucks that his career ended on a low note. This is one of the lowest notes. We'll get into that yeah, when we talk about that game. Notes, man. Man. We'll talk about yeah. that. We'll get back to that. Abraham, $5. Thank you, my friend. I was crying and jumping of joy in the Portugal versus Morocco game. And I can only imagine how amazing that must have been if you're a Moroccan fan. I really, I really can only imagine that. Yeah. Ben Lowry, $10. Thank you, my guy. You. I'm sorry, but that ref was biased as hell. So many yellows not called that would have been set piece chances for England. And that non-red on Theo would have had 10 men England but would have would have had 10 men England might have converted one yeah there were so many especially with soccer man soccer got bodied so many times but for me they were all fouls so many times the French players would get really tied on him and he would turn them successfully but they would get the ball back by honestly in my opinion fouling him they'd shove him off the ball or hip check him but Sampaio would just never call those yeah, man yeah. never call those and so many times in that open play I think they should have been stopped and England could have had a nice set piece as Lowry's saying right here as far as the red card I'm gonna disagree there because usually when they call a penalty they don't give reds even if it's a clear uh, goal scoring opportunity so I think the yellow is justified considering the fact that they got the penalty so that's yeah. my take on that uh no Eduardo Vasquez says no disrespect to Morocco because they have shocked the whole world till this point but the final will be Argentina versus France rematch we all want from mm. uh, 2018. One of the best matches at tournament. Yeah, yeah, That'd yeah. That'd be fucking dope, man. And I think that's something I want to talk about France uh, with their victory today is that let's not take for granted how good this French team is. Because in our lives, or at least for us, in the past 20 years, this century, we haven't seen a good defending championship team. 
Yeah. We have it. That's they so all true. fail. That's part of the champion's curse, right? Yeah, yeah. For the first time, we have a French team that's actually playing basically almost to the level that they played in 2018. I think so. You could argue, if not better. Yep. But they're playing still at that high octane level that is what got them to a, a World Cup final and won it. That, to me, is amazing. I don't want to take that for granted. If they actually have a shot here to go back-to-back, back, that's crazy to think. It's crazy. To even conceive. Because we've never seen this in our lifetime, at least for us. Yeah, the biggest conclusion I got at the end of this game was France's offense, specifically their offense, might go down as one of the best international team offenses in all of World Cup history. And I'm just talking in general, whether you want to count 2018, you want to count this year in 2022. Their offense is so good that there is no doubt in my mind that they could score two goals every single game, no matter the opponent. They're that good, bro. And when you think about it, like even England, I sometimes doubt, can they get two goals? Right. You know, and like Portugal, for example, as we saw today, and you know, just other teams, Argentina, even Brazil, to an extent, I just don't see those type of teams consistently scoring at the same high rate that France do, bro. France's offense, for me, is the best I've ever seen in the international game, 100%. Yeah, and the fact that the main core of that offense was what won in 2018 and is back again in the semifinal, that, that's super impressive. Yeah. That's super impressive. And Giroud, bro. Giroud is Dude, just absolutely I don't believe class. it, man. And Mbappe wasn't the greatest today. Wasn't at his top, top level. He wasn't. But yeah, he wasn't. Actually, I think England was able to shut him down in that way. Kind of force him to not be as impactful as he is known to be. Uh, but even the, even with that, Griezmann found his way, getting two assists in this match. Giroud found his way to get impactful as well. And Dembele, I thought, had a really good game, causing havoc on that right wing as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone else stepped up knowing that Mbappe would, would, would essentially be limited in this match with how they were double-teaming him, exactly. sometimes even triple-teaming him at some points. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, to highlight a player who I thought had a phenomenal game, obviously on paper, getting the two assists, Antoine Griezmann, but I just, I do, I want to talk about my boy Greasy here because he had a great game. Today's game is exactly why I became a fan of Griezmann eight years ago, dude. The way I wish I could see how Griezmann sees the pitch, man, how he sees the game, because he's, when you think about him, He's a midfielder, kind of like Luka Modric in the sense that he's always on the ball. He's always active. But the difference is he's so forward-thinking. Every time Griezmann gets the ball, it's not to, all right, let me rotate it here. Let me settle it down. The first thing he thinks is, who's open and who's in a goal-scoring opportunity. And I love that because the perfect word to describe Antoine Griezmann, playmaker. And I think it's a breed. It's a dying breed right now in football. Mm. There's not a lot of playmakers out there anymore. There's a lot of good attacking talent, a lot of good dribble penetrators. There's still some good passers. But playmakers, Griezmann's sole job on that pitch for France's offense is to make plays. And that is exactly what he does every single game. That's what I love about Griezmann's play so much because, I mean, you really... He's his own position now at this yeah, point. Yeah, he yeah. really is. Like, he's such a joy to watch. And at this point, at club level, man, get out of that Letico, yeah. even though I, I'd hate to see that happen. He needs to go to a free-flowing team like this French yeah. team because he still has so much to give out on that pitch. I would love to see him at, like, a PSG yeah, or some shit like Liverpool, that. Liverpool, bro. Yeah, no, yeah, hell yeah. Little Man City player. He could be in the top Premier League side right now if he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's so nasty. I agree. Giroud is so classy. He's got to go down as one of the most underrated nines of all time. Absolutely. Underrated uh, is so Giroud's underrated. trademark. I, yeah. I think that's what it is for him. Um, and that's the thing. I agree with all you guys on what you're saying about France's depth, bro. They're doing this without essentially five starters in their team. <laughs> oh my God. And we're seeing guys like Chouamini, 
step, step up, up. And score fucking bangers for this team. Rabio, yeah. despite not, maybe not having the best game, being an impactful player. Yeah. Del Hernandez coming in for his <laughs> older brother. And yeah. yes, drawing a penalty and being a little weird at times, but they got the result. They, got they the won result. the fucking game. Yeah. Uba Mecano, Varan, Yoris is still back there playing yeah, really, really, really well. well man. Like the team has just figured it out based off of their depth. And it's just amazing how much talent they have at their disposal, bro. The hitman says, thank you for the $5, bro. France's defense is, is poor. They have conceded goals in every, every game. game they played, and they don't have a good record against African teams. Yeah, I do think today, man, they were uh, they were weird, bro. Like yeah, Upa Mecano, were, man. Stu Holden, he was making a great point to point <laughs> out how weird Upa Mecano was this whole game, making just really interesting decisions when yeah. the, when it would come time to him for him to defend. Uh, it happened with the Harry Kane opportunity. I think it happened a couple of times with Bukayo Saka as well. Upamecano was showing some sort of shakiness that he cannot show going into the later stages of this tournament, bro. That's what's weird, though, man, is no matter how bad France are defensively, I still got them beating their opponents. That's what's insane about this team and why I mark them as the best offensive team in international football because it honestly doesn't matter if their defense isn't firing that day because they will outscore their opponent. That's basically what they did in 2018. They ne didn't necessarily dominate or boss each game that they played, but they always outscored their opponents. And that's something that no other team can say that they can just rely on oh, their yeah. offense to win them games. France can say that. Yeah. So, yes, I actually agree. I think their defense is erratic. I saw it in that Poland game. I'm not surprised to see it today, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. That, that, that is crazy that it doesn't get fully exposed, but it's because yeah. they have the best offense in football. White Chapman says, much love, brothers. Get ready for messy magic. All right, uh, we'll yeah. talk about that. Uh, Rinking for $5 says, watching France is amazing because not even on a quote-unquote bad day and missing key players, they can be anybody. Exactly. Anybody. That, that is exactly my point. Last thing I want to talk about is England and what their future looks like now going out of this tournament with 2024 Euros coming up and also the 2026 World Cup. I still think there's a lot of hope for England despite them losing in the quarterfinals of this World Cup and not really ending up getting a trophy these past four years in international tournaments. I think there's a lot of hope, bro, because a yes. little bit like France, their depth is becoming relentlessly crazy bro like yeah. it's, it's so, there's so many options now and so many of these players are young dude yes when i think about it when i think about what player won't be here at 2026 henderson yeah at 32 years right now might be 36 and by then he won't have the motor that he'll need to be able part of be to be to be able to be a part of this world cup squad but outside of that man the rest of the players i think are all still in that range of having a shout to be at the next world cup and so Maybe they'll have the experience by then to yeah. be able to be, win these type of games and to go to like a semifinal or final in the World Cup. But I still think there's a lot of hope. England is not going to go downhill from here. Yeah. I think it's only going to go up. Yeah, despite today's loss, again, I think we already, you already kind of mentioned it at the beginning. England are still, in my opinion, a top-tier team in, in all of the global footballing landscape, but especially in Europe. And I think the biggest reason why is, man, when you look at players like Bukayo Saka, Phil Foden, Dude, they're going to be raging down those wings for a decade. England are set to have a really successful future. And it sucks that they just can't get to finals consistently or that they can't ultimately hold up silverware at the end of these tournaments. But in every tournament from here on out for the next 10 years, man, I'm going to consider England always as a top contender for that trophy, whether it's World Cup or Euros. So I wouldn't let this defeat really deflate you if you're English or if you're a big English fan because this team is so, so talented. And they potentially lost against just the best team in the world right now. Yeah. So I, this is not a loss for me at yeah. all. Interesting little factoid now is that we have four out of five 
leagues eliminated the top five leagues in the world have been eliminated from the world cup <laughs> the only one remaining is league um yeah pretty impressive and pretty interesting now with argentina croatia in one semifinal matchup and france morocco in the other mm -hmm. and we're gonna swift swift switch on over to the morocco portugal match unless you have something final to say about france right no no not really yeah. yeah we have a few super chats let's get some super chats in here what do we have what are you guys saying lucas 20 good to see you again my bro morocco and argentina's defense game they're at war yeah, yeah, they're going to be at war these next few games, man. David said that Beckham has a new coach. <laughs> he looked really stressed up yeah, there in those, man. In those booths, the man. Way, the way they, they showcased him at the game was kind of like they were pushing that narrative, man. Yeah. Like Bex, Bex leading this new crop of English players. Yeah. I'd be down for it. Yeah. I'd be down for it. But I, I do wonder if this is going to be Southgate's last game, too. I was just about to bring that up, actually, because I wonder. You know, he's had three bites of the cherry, essentially. Euros. 2020 and then two world cups both have been really successful in my opinion but he just hasn't been able to take england to that full level of lifting the trophy so i wonder if he's even if the federation don't say we're sacking you gareth i wonder if he's just gonna step down because he's like shit i just, i guess i just can't do it i wonder if yeah, he's going to just make yeah. that decision himself i i think it's something we'll look for probably in the next two weeks to see what he ends up deciding yeah, to do I, I think he should go I yeah, think he should go. Yeah. I, I think he had his chances. Three big international tournaments. Yeah, and I thought he did overall okay. Yeah, yeah okay, maybe a little bit above average, but I think it's his time to go. I I'm think one thing. That, yeah, one thing that frustrated me about Southgate today is I thought he was a little slow with his offensive substitutes. He didn't really put on Marcus Rashford to like what the seventy fifth minute. Jack got like two. Jack minutes. Jack got two minutes, and I understand that. Yes, you do have Bukayo Saka and Phil Foden out there, but if it's not working for you know sixty five minutes. Put, put on another guy. If you're, if you're losing the game and trying to chase it, put on another offensive attacker, especially if you have guys like Jack Grealish on the bench. I know Sterling came in pretty early, but that was about it, man. So from that perspective, I thought Southgate could have just been better with his substitutes today. Yeah, yeah. Abraham says, thoughts on an Argentinian ref for the Portugal game. Is, <laughs> Is that, that true? true? <laughs> 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 I, need to, I need to look into that. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Um, the hitman, he already covered that one. And then I think we are good on super chat. So let's move over to Morocco against Portugal, which happened this morning, the first game of the day. The storyline for Portugal coming off of a major victory against Switzerland, 6-1, man, absolutely dominating them. And in the process, benching Ronaldo and seeing Gonzalo Ramos get himself a hat trick yeah. and just, you know, causing all these crazy headlines and just causing a lot of chaos and drama around the Portuguese squad, but also low-key some good momentum because they got a big, big result. And on the other hand, Morocco, dude. Yeah. Morocco's miracle, Morocco's magic continues as they beat first off Spain in the round of 16, all the way in the penalty shootout. Hakimi making a, ch a chip, Banenka goal, and then penguining his way, or whatever you call it, <laughs> uh, it's a, in celebration. Yeah. Morocco is high on themselves. They feel great. They know something special is happening. The Cinderella team of this tournament. Absolutely. But usually... Cinderella teams fall short at, at this point of the tournament. You know? 99 percent of the 99 time. 99 of the time. That's what happens, right? And so they're set to face off against this really hot, high-flying Portugal side, and we end up seeing Morocco pass this test, yeah. win this goddamn game, and come out on top one nil. Once again, getting a clean sheet in the process and making it to the semifinals. The first team outside of UEFA or Comebol to make the semifinals in World Cup history, man. Yeah. It finally happened. And it happened here at the Qatar 2022 <laughs> FIFA World Cup. 
I can't believe that Neymar got out of this World Cup in the quarterfinals. I can't believe that the Netherlands equalized against Argentina. And I cannot believe that Morocco are in the semifinals. I can't believe it. Yeah. I see it. I look at the Wikipedia table and I see Morocco in that <laughs> semifinal. I see it. I see it with my eyes. I saw it happen today. Right. I saw them celebrate the win knowing that they're going to the semifinals. And again, as you said, being the first team outside of UEFA and Commonwealth to represent their confederation at a semifinal World Cup, and I still can't believe it. I can't believe it, man. But you know what they show me today, essentially? Morocco are a club team, man. They're a club. They're, 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 they're club. What do you mean? They're so consistent. They're, at this point, their, their style is as if they've been playing with each other week in, week out for the past 24 months. And they, they have the same head coach for the last like five years, like a Liverpool-Jurgen Klopp situation. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. It's ridiculous, man. The, the ability that they have together and their chemistry that they've been able to build in this tournament, it is unbeatable right now. You can't beat them because they just outplay you. They have better chemistry with their players. And somehow, some way, they find a way to grind out these results. And they're the better team at the end of the whistle every single time. And going into the game, I always think they're the inferior team. But at this point, it's because Morocco just have something that these other teams don't. I can't quantify it. So it's just... It, I'm going to chalk it down to just pure chemistry between these players, but my God, Morocco, yet again, another type of defensive masterclass against Portugal today because overall, and I know Portugal got some good chances in this game, they pretty much shut down this Portuguese offense. Most of Portugal's chances were just crazy outside-of-the-box uh, shots. You know, João Felix had one. Bruno Fernandes had another one as well. They were either met by Bono or they just were skied out. But again, that's what Portugal had to revert to was just these crazy lash shots. And, you know, they were on target a lot of the times, man. But Morocco, for the most part, forced Portugal to take these wild, wild shots. I think the biggest chance of the game, especially at the end, what in stoppage time, that Pepe, uh, yes, that Pepe chance off the yes. off the yeah corner, corner I believe. Kick, yeah. yeah, what a chance that was! And I thought that was going to be it for Portugal, but you know, puts it a little wide, and that that was it. Didn't even really test the keeper. But other than that, man, did Portugal really have a clean cut opportunity against Morocco? They had a few moments, like the Joe Felix shot as well. Right, but again... Going, but it was just saved by Bono. Right, yeah. right. It's an incredible shot, but Morocco forced Felix to take that shot from 20 yards out. An incredible shot, but that's what Morocco do. They force you to get uncomfortable offensively, and then you're just not, you're not firing on all cylinders, and Morocco yet again get another goddamn clean sheet. At this point, it's so impressive. I've likened them to Atletico Madrid. Yeah, at at yeah. first, I was just kind of saying it. Now I'm fully believing it, man, because this... <laughs> This team have a specific style. And it's, again, it is unlike international football because I think France are the epitome of international football in that you get the best players of France and it just works because they're so goddamn talented. Right. But for Morocco, you can't do that. If you just relied on pure Moroccan talent, it would get you somewhere, but it would not get you to a World Cup semifinal. It's the tactics. It's the, the blood and sweat that they put out there for each other. That is the reason why they're here, man. And also just belief. The belief that every time that they play and set out to play football on, on, on a pitch at this World Cup, they know that they have a good, genuine shot of beating their opponent. And it's worked. It's worked every single time. And I, I cannot believe it in the semifinal. I just can't believe I it. I can't believe it. can't believe that. I think, yeah, I think I got the stat wrong. It's the first African team in the semifinals. AFC has had a oh, that's uh, right. South Korea in 2002 and then technically Tecnic Concacaf that's right. in 1930. <laughs> <laughs> Arka, Arka says, Arka 
I can't, ah, that's a tough last name. Batacharia. He says, what the fuck was wrong with Pepe and Bruno blaming the Argentine ref for their loss? Did they actually do that? Damn. The dude missed sitters. They did not provide CR7 with opportunities. Yeah. Now I saw that Portugal got, well, the, the thing is that they just got super desperate, but that's what I'm loving about this World Cup, man. It reminds me how much this trophy means to these players, bro, because, dude, every single game, especially these knockout stages, the desperation of the losing team in the last 10 minutes you don't, you don't see that at club nah, level at all. Nah. You don't see it, dude. It's all out attack. You leave one guy at the back and the goalkeeper and everyone else goes forward. It's beautiful to watch, but it can get ugly. That's the yeah, thing because yeah, yeah. you put your heart out on the line at that point. So I don't really blame them for complaining. But yeah, at that point, I think it's just pure emotion. Yeah, it gets ugly. Like Cavani, there's that video of him knocking oh, on the bar yeah, machine. Like, yeah. I'm like, bro, like, yeah. damn. Uh, El Sombrarejo 7 says, this isn't an ordinary Cinderella story. The history, geopolitics, and passion in this matchup is too much. Morocco has that stride. They got, they got that I, swagger, that's fair, bro. That's fair. They that's really fair. do. And it is cool, though, that, you know, being an Arabic country, doing it here at an Arabic Dude, World Cup, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. That's exactly what we hope will happen for a CONCACAF team in 2026. Yes. That is exactly what we want to happen. Yeah. Like, this is the dream for Mexico fans, for United States fans, yeah. is to see a run like this where you take down these giants, but you play amazing defense. Yes. Football that you can be proud of as a fan. And there's all these amazing storylines with Hakimi and uh, Masrawi or Amrabat playing his heart out being yeah. slightly injured being in the hospital the day before a match up from Bufal and the options up there Hakim Ziyech coming back from retirement and in terms of international football coming back and becoming a crucial part of this team Regragi the way he's implemented himself into the squad yes. with the firing of Hali Hodzic just a few months ago crazy this whole story is crazy it's crazy this whole man. story is crazy man I was just thinking about that um dude Ziyech was almost not going to this World Cup man if he doesn't come, Morocco don't go this far. Let's just be completely honest. He is the heart and soul of their creativity going forward, and he's so good, man. He's such a baller. But he almost wasn't coming here. Yeah, he was retired from the international level for Morocco. But the, that, that decision to fire Halid Holzic ended up being the best decision by maybe any federation ever yeah. going into a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, he was at AFCON, wasn't he? Ali Hosic? Yeah. Yeah, and we saw that they were only able to get to the quarterfinals in that tournament. Right, though. right. You change up the coach, you change up a few things, you're at the semifinals <laughs> of a World Cup, dude. <laughs> Crazy. How does that man. even work? How does that correlate? It's yeah. just, it's pure magic in it's my mind. magic, bro. Ben Lowry says, somehow Samuel Eto'o had Morocco as his champions. Shit, so that's still in that play for him. actually true? That's still in play for him. <laughs> Holy shit. Paco Moran, Mor Paco Moran says, Allah is watching football. <laughs> yeah, he's watching it this year, for he's sure. He's watching it this year. Yeah, he's it's, in the, it's in the Arabic lands, man. Yeah, Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Club Orange, $5. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, we read Arika's comments. Uh, Zakaria says, you guys are going to make a fool out of yourselves for, I think, the fourth time picking France over Morocco. But go ahead, guys. By all means, I don't care anymore. I was thinking about this. I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to pick France over Morocco, but I, I know what's going to happen. Like, I know what could potentially happen when they play, man. Morocco might do something crazy yet again. I completely agree with your comment, bro. No, yeah, <laughs> I got I to acknowledge this story because... <laughs> It started for us. Morocco started like this. We saw them in Afcon. We were kind of disappointed in what we ultimately saw. Super disappointed. We left off on a dark note with Morocco, just being like, "Shit, Ali Hodges is at the helm. Ziyech isn't even here. They're gonna be struggling. Man. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if they can make it. If they can qualify for the World Cup, uh, they face off against DR Congo, I believe. Yes. Right. Right. And in that matchup, I had Morocco winning, but you yourself even had Congo being a tough opponent I at did. the time. Yeah, I did. Looking back now, you know, it makes sense that Morocco was able to beat them 4-1 in that crazy game and progress themselves into the World Cup stages. But 
then we made the group the group F previews, which was such a loaded group, man. And just straight up, we both put Morocco in fourth place, and we received yeah. a lot of heat, a lot of flack for that take from Moroccans, <laughs> especially <laughs> because they saw something that we didn't, man. At yeah, the end yeah, of the day, yeah. they they saw it, and yeah. we did not see it. Right. I don't think we understood it. I don't think we understood how to quantify it. We were wrong in our analysis of what we thought this Moroccan team would do, and so we admit, we made our apologies. We we made our truces with the Moroccans, man. Yeah. I and and we left off on, a, on an okay page, right? Yeah. But then going into the round of sixteen, I said, you know what? This it is it ends here, folks. Yeah, it ends here. Yeah. It ends here. Spain's taking over this Moroccan team. And if Morocco somehow finds a way to do this, I'll fucking go to Morocco myself, change my nationality, <laughs> fucking kiss the soul and apologize in person for what I am saying right now. Yeah. And so I, I low-key disrespect Morocco. I'll be honest about that. Spain goes on and they lose against them in penalties. Morocco proves me wrong yet again, dude. And so I shut up. I say, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm done. I'm done hating. Morocco is that team. I will visit Morocco sometime in the next 10 years, I promise, <laughs> and I will make content out of that. But then the quarterfinals arrive, and we did, this, we did this yesterday when we made our predictions for the games today. And I said, you know what? With the way this World Cup is going, with the fact that all these underdog teams are beating favorites, that a lot of these games are a lot tighter and that the gap isn't as big as we thought, yeah. I'm going Morocco. Mm -hmm. I finally gave Morocco my support, man. And I'm going to be honest, brother, it feels good to root for Morocco, bro. Yeah. They, have the more, they have more fans in attendance in every single game than the other team. They have amazing players. They're so fun to watch. And it's nice relying on that defense, bro. Yeah. That defense is comfy. It's, it's, it's so reliable, bro. Still. Only one goal conceded, which was an own goal, and that is it for them, it's bro. Crazy. Incredible. And so I'm feeling a little bit better. I hope that for the Moroccans in this chat, I can uh, sort of represent you in a way, make you feel a little proud because I did believe in Morocco today, and you can look back at yesterday's video. I made that prediction, and we got it right. Morocco is in the semifinals, and they're facing off, facing off against a French team, which will predict that matchup in a second. In a second, in a second. But yeah. I just want to kind of cover our path with, with Gimme Go's relationship with Morocco <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. with an emphasis on my point of view. God, it's been such an interesting one, man. When you lay it out like that, dude, we've, we've been through so much with Morocco and here they are giving us a semi-final appearance at this World Cup. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but for Morocco, what's so fun about them, the pace in which they transition, it's electric, bro. Buffal and Ziyech, I thought, I think have been had really good tournaments. Uh, I've had really good performances in this tournament. And in the city today, oh my God, man. Where the hell is this in Spain at club level? <laughs> what, what the hell, man? He's playing out of his goddamn mind. He's not doing anything crazy, but he's just doing all of the little things perfectly for Morocco as their number nine. And then, of course, getting that big header goal today yeah. with that looping ball cross and... Honestly, Diogo Costa, I thought, kind of misread that, to be honest. Ruben Diaz got dunked on, essentially. <laughs> he ended up on his fucking back, and then it ended with City just with absolute joy yeah. scoring that goal. A really good goal, but it's what Morocco are all about, really using the limited opportunities they do get going forward. And honestly, at, that, at a certain point, Portugal really went for it, and Morocco actually could have scored. Uh, I think Abu Klal had like a straight one-on-one -on -one chance, kind of fluffed his chance. Chedira also had a straight, another almost one-on-one -on -one chance, kind of fluffed that too. So Morocco could have gotten more out of this game as well. But, you know, to talk about that Morocco still have that club-like DNA, Masrawi and Aguerd are injured for this game today. So half of their back line was changed and because of uh, forced injuries, and yet it doesn't phase them at all. They play with the same passion, and they have the exact same tactics. You take one guy in, 
you take one guy out, you put one guy in, you're going to get the same exact results. That's why this Moroccan team is so special, man. They're so unified, no matter who's playing out on that pitch. No, I completely agree. I mean, I completely agree. Let's see what the chat's been saying, man. A lot of good comments in this Moroccan team. The Moroccan team reminds me of Greece, that one Euros in, 20, in 2004. Yeah. 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 I want Argentina to win, but seeing how everyone is playing, it could go either way. Morocco have, have good offensive potential. They just need to survive this World Cup and invest in better strikers later on. One of the biggest things and the reason why I didn't have Morocco being as successful as they were this tournament is that Tisu Dali was injured. Oh, yeah. And he, he was going to be the starter over in, in the city if he was if he was healthy and I they have a good striker in Tisu Dali but for him to miss this tournament I was like ah there's no way they get goals but and city has really risen to the occasion and if you get Tisu Dali next to AFCON Morocco might end up winning that whole thing too so let's just see what happens because Morocco have a lot of offensive potential yeah. I do agree I'm about still only 26 years old too he's gonna be around for a while oh yeah group F with two semifinal teams in Croatia and Morocco oh <laughs> shit wow man yeah. wow Anticoco $10 thank you he says, uh, coming off of an effortless 6-1 victory against a team not as defensively organized as Morocco, then facing the best defensive team in the league can be demoralizing to any team, including Portugal. Yeah, okay. <sighs> can we talk about Portugal real quick? Because we haven't really talked about them, man. I, yeah, I got something to yeah, say. They almost had no game plan today, I thought. Especially when they went down 1-0, it was just kind of get it to whoever is open and see if you can penetrate. Yeah. Which... I guess worked. I mean, it really worked against Switzerland, and I guess it had worked in the build-up to this quarterfinal matchup. But I guess this is why a lot of people really didn't have Portugal going far. If you're trying to analyze this team, because we we actually previewed it and highlighted it too. Portugal get weird. They get weird when their backs are against it or they're facing a really competitive team. And I thought I think they showed that weirdness today against Morocco because. I thought they could have played a lot better, but they got shut down by a really good Moroccan defensive line and a really good Moroccan defensive midfield. And I thought they ran out of ideas. And I know they got close. I know there were some really good chances from, again, João Félix and Pepe to be specific. Yeah. But for the most part, man, I just needed to see a little bit more ideation from a creativity perspective for this uh, for this Portuguese team, man, because it really wasn't there. Ronaldo really didn't get fed today either when he came on, and he had like a good 40 minutes to try to do something. Gonzalo Ramos was non-existent in this game, essentially, Cancelo too. Gonzalo Ramos is what they're calling him. <laughs> <man>. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, absolutely, because he, he just didn't do anything. And so I thought Portugal overall were just really weird today, man. But again, I, it's something that they've shown. It's something that, they, that in the qualification to this World Cup, Portugal get weird, bro. And I think they really showed it today against a really organized Moroccan side. Yeah, and that's how Cristiano Ronaldo's World Cup legacy Ooh, ends, man. Yeah. Honestly, unless he really does come back, I don't think he will. But that's how it ends for him. We will not get the Argentina-Portugal final that mm. many people wanted. Uh, but it's because of this fucking, this the, the way the team can be so questionable at times. Someone yeah. mentioned in the chat that both Spain and Portugal have struggled when they're both down a goal and it showed for both sides. So a lot of teams are exposing themselves when they're down a goal. And that's why I think I got to give credit to teams that go down a goal, but then come back like Croatia, for example, Dude, and how they did against Canada, man. Yes. The perfect example of that. So yeah, I agree. This loss from Portugal is similar loss of Argentina against Saudi Arabia. Both teams don't have any plan B. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that, I completely agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Tough scene, though. Uh, Ronaldo in tears, man. Ronaldo in absolute tears, yeah. just kind of knowing that he just he just couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it, and I feel like this World Cup just caught him at a really, really bad time. It Even did. if it was last year, it would have been at a way better time last year because he was 
much better in form. I think he had over 15 goals in the Prem last yeah, year. Yeah. He was really solid, and there was less drama around him in Manchester United. Yeah. If it would have caught him then, I, I think he would have had a better World Cup overall as well with really not being that impactful at the end of the day for Portugal in this offense. Yeah, thinking about Ronaldo specifically when it comes to Portugal, He's always had weird, weird World Cups, in my opinion. Whether it's his fault or not, whether it's the situation of the team. In 2018, it was a good Portuguese team, but there was still a lot to be figured out. You know, they were just dark horses at best, but realistically weren't going to go far in that tournament. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Ronaldo can only do so much. And in 2014, Ronaldo was low-key injured going into Brazil 2014, so he didn't really have an impact there at that World Cup. And then 2010, that Portuguese side was not it. Like, they just did not have the talent besides Ronaldo, realistically. So there was no chance for Portugal in 2010. Um, so, and then he cut to 2022, and we get another weird Ronaldo World Cup saga, man. Yeah. For him to start, but get criticized, and rightfully so, because remember, at the beginning of those group stage matches, Ronaldo missed some Ronaldo chances that he usually would finish. And so it showed Santos ends up benching him, bro. That's his story in this World Cup. Ronaldo gets benched in the two yeah. knockout games that Portugal play. That's crazy, man. And that's how it ends. Ronaldo has always had weird World Cups, man. But this is by far the strangest out of all of them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I remember, yeah, I remember 2014, was it? 2010, when he was in the group with the, with the USA and Germany. That's 2014, that, yeah. That's 2014. I remember that one was so weird for yeah, him. That yeah, that was so, so weird. weird. He was like injured, but at the same time, his role with the team was awkward. Yeah. Uh, this World Cup is full of upsets, says Deepon. Yeah, I completely agree, man. Morocco were down a man the last 10 minutes, and Pepe missed a crucial header. Some of it is also just luck, but Morocco had momentum, so it makes sense Portugal flubbed it. Yeah. Let's see, read some super chats here. We got some messages from some people. I want to make sure to read these out and see what y'all are saying. From El Pascador, he says, what a day. Watching Kane and Cristiano crying hit me hard. Yeah, it did. They are legends. Don't deserve it. And how on earth Morocco could not find a better striker than Chadira, who didn't cry, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't appreciate Unaki. He is playing good, says, um, says Hamdi. I will say that we haven't talked a lot about him because we've kind of just conglomerated him with the rest of Morocco's midfield. But I'm a big fan of Unahi. I just haven't been as vocal about it, so I do apologize for that. But he's an incredible midfielder, man. He's interesting because he's box to box, but he's not necessarily defensive. He's kind of both. He's just always involved defensively and offensively. He's not the most flair type of player, so he's not really creative, but he loves to go forward when he gets the opportunity. And if you did actually watch the Morocco preview, the, like, I, I, I highlighted Unahi because in that AFCON, it was him and Hakimi who I thought were the only good players in that Moroccan side. They were the only players giving consistent performances for Morocco in the African Cup of Nations tournament. So, yeah, I've actually been a big fan of Unahi since I saw him earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love seeing him play, man. I really love how he is on the ball for real. Yeah. Ibrahim Ahmed says every time speed went for the game, Portugal lost. <laughs> damn dude for real so what he's like oh for four now yeah, at this yeah, point yeah. god damn kids coming back home just depressed as fuck anti-coco says come oh i read this one read this one read this one scroll up galil badi says as a moroccan they win against france and play against argentina in the final messi scores the winning goal and i am good with that viva vive maroc and vive messi all right damn. okay oh, a, okay showing some respect to the goat i respect that i really do i really do respect that we got a couple more super chats uh one from one from julian white bike yeah. white 
450 ARSs. Argentina. Argentina. I wonder what kind of currency we'll look that it is. Up. We'll, we'll look, look it up. up. Thank you so much for the donation regardless. Really do appreciate that. Carlos Prado says, Ronaldo always will be my GOAT. Congrats, Morocco, but at what cost, At what man? cost, At man. what cost? That's, that, dude, what you've been saying has been really fucking with me, the idea that, yeah, in other sports, if you're the greatest player in that sport or one of the greatest players, you are more likely to just win the ultimate pinnacle award in that sport. NFL, Tom Brady, basketball, LeBron James, any other player you want to mention. Yeah. But with football, bro, especially with the World Cup specifically, with how it's only once every four years, bro, yeah. you get way more heartbreaking outcomes yeah. than you do happy ones. Yes. And it's fucking with me, man. Yes. It's fucking with me. Because, yeah, in order to see Morocco continue this magical run, they got to destroy, destroy <laughs> the hearts and lives of Portuguese fans. Yeah. And in the process, end Ronaldo's World Cup legacy. That's wow. what has to happen. And it's like that with every single storyline as well. Brazil and Croatia, we've been talking about it nonstop since it happened yesterday. Neymar had no business losing that game in the sense of what he deserved. He did not deserve to lose deserve that game because Neymar specifically had a great game. Great, great game. And to see him just come out losing as a loser yeah. hurts, man. It hurts. But likewise, Luka Modric, absolutely incredible this tournament. Gets another run at the semifinal. This world, this this tournament, this tournament, this sport is so cru cruel, man. So absolutely cruel. cruel. It's brutal, but at the same time, makes for some incredible, incredible moments. We got another super chat here, I think, from uh, Julian once again sending 450 ARSs. It may not be Messi versus Cristiano, but Messi versus Mbappe. It's pretty good. Saludos desde Argentina. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. So it is Argentine currency. Thank you, my friend. Gracias. And yes, dude, that's still in play. Argentina, France. That could be an incredible matchup. It would. And seeing those two play. Players, the GOAT and a guy that's going to challenge for his records for the next 10 years yeah. will make for an incredible final as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's preview. Let's preview the the semifinal matchup that awaits us. Did mm. I miss something? There's still a bunch of super chats left. Oh, let, yeah. me see, let me see a few more super chats then. Um, what else are, you, are we not seeing? Ben Lowry, Croatia versus Morocco might be the best similar style. Ah. It's funny. I was thinking about at this point, now we know the four teams left in this tournament, which is cr crazy, man. Time has been crazy like yeah, crazy yeah, over this yeah. last two three weeks um we're finally here we know the final four and i was thinking about you know takeaway analysis take away what i think will happen what game do i want to see in the final right argentina against morocco would be interesting to me really i think that would probably be the most electric in terms of atmosphere actual drama out on the pitch and just pure chaos because when I see these European teams, man, the atmospheres are always a little weird, uh, they, bro. They did not show up the guitar, bro. And they did not show up at nah. all. Like, today's game, England-France, was quiet the entire first half. Quiet. It didn't really start to get picked up until the pace got picked up in the second half. But you go to, you see an Argentina game, you see a Morocco game, it's loud for 90-plus minutes, bro. Yeah. So to see half Argentina, oh half Morocco in the final, it'd be, it'd be wild. The atmosphere would be wild, bro. And I've never seen that matchup ever, like in a yeah. competitive setting, first off, Argentina against Morocco, but also the uh, unpredict unpredictability of it. I feel like going into this match, there really would be no, no knowing who's going to win this match because just depending what team shows up could win it that day, bro. Finals are always so weird. And if we get a shaky Argentina side and Morocco can pounce on that and plays really good defense, they could easily win the game. But on the other hand, Argentina might just show up and fucking just go guns a-blazing yeah. for Messi and win him his fucking first World Cup trophy while defeating Moroccans in the process. Yes. Like, it's so unpredictable, and I do like that factor. And just how unique that matchup is it, really interests me as well. Yeah. 
What's a super chat? <laughs> England just ain't that good. Morocco versus Argentina in the final will be lit. Let us know. What do you guys think would be one of your favorite final matchups uh, this World Cup? What would be one of your favorite final matches? Let, know and let us know in the chat, please. What's crazy about two Group F teams and the semis is you guys said that literally any combination of teams going through is possible and you could see it happening. Amazing from Croatia and Morocco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. That, that's, that's why I'm not actually too like you know harped on the idea that we undervalued morocco because we did say that even if morocco don't get out of the group they would at least give it a hell of a chance because we knew that group was low-key the group of death bro. Yeah. i mean yeah. it was an incredible group yeah yeah it has to be and the fact that both of, of the teams that got out of the group are now in the semis i think that vilifies that idea i will not be surprised if yasin bono might become president of morocco post this world cup Irrespective of any results from on, he looks like a politician out there. The way he smiles, yeah. he's always smiling. Uh, let me read that super chat that we just got, producer Rudd. Let me see what we got right there. El Sombra Regio 7 says, Would Argentina versus Morocco be the first time no European teams make the final? Whoa, I, I think so. I think, right? I think so. That'd be crazy. Oh my God. And even more dude. so, I'd want that. Because oh I, I agree. I like how you said that the unpredictability of it is what really entices me because low key, if France end up going to that final, in my heart, I'm going to be like, France probably have, have a better chance here. No matter who they face, even if they face Croatia or Argentina, I would just basically still give the edge to France. But if it's Argentina, Morocco, I'm just going to chalk it up to 50-50. And that's what I love about that matchup, that idea yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Eduardo Vazquez, or Vargas? What? Eduardo Vasquez says, should Ronaldo retire from football in this way, knowing that at this moment he has no club to go to? I love and will continue to support you guys. Thank you, Thank my you, friend. Man. Thank you. And yeah, bro, I'm just, I'm, this, this, is, this is such a low note for, for Ronaldo, man. Such a low note. Wow. It can't be it. Nah, he, he should go to the fucking MLS at this point. Just thrive. Be a fucking king. Be a god in the U.S., bro. Be in L.A. or some shit. He'd yeah. love it over here. Or, you know, splash. Sa right. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Saudi Arabia, yeah, yeah. too. But Europe, dude. <laughs> That's tough, Europe's man. It's tough. It's tough. What is, it? what is crazy? It literally just hit me with that comment. We probably saw Ronaldo for the last time in a Portuguese jersey. It would make no sense for him to go for the next cycle in the Euros. It just wouldn't make any sense knowing that He's probably going to get benched if it's still Santos. And even if a new coach does come in, if, is he going to play Ronaldo if he's playing in Saudi Arabia? Sure. I think he would call him up. But is he going to be the go-to center right. forward or winger right. for Portugal? I think the answer is no. I really do. So we possibly yeah. did see Ronaldo's last game in a Portuguese jersey, which to go out like this is just its yeah. crazy that it is wonder, ending like I this. I wonder. Maybe he gives Euros a shot. I could see him wanting a stat pad some more. Like, you know, just one of, he already has all the records for, for Portugal, like just getting more and more goals to add to Italy, like kind of being selfish in his uh, role on this team. I could see that happening, kind of getting away with it because of the, the person that he is. But can you see Ronaldo accepting a bench spot? Like if the coach says, look, you can be in our system, but going forward, you're probably going to start on the bench in every game, unless it's like you're playing Liechtenstein or right. something like that, which... Would Ronaldo accept that? I think the answer is no. We saw already with Manchester United that Ronaldo's not okay with a bench position. He's not cool with it. So much so that he forced his way out of the club so he could get more minutes and just be with a club that really values him. At this point, I think Ronaldo sees it as Portugal not valuing him anymore. So for that reason, I, I don't see why Ronaldo should actually continue with Portugal anymore. I don't think it would make sense with the type of person that he is. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. I'm just saying I think that might be the reality. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 
that might be the easiest transition for them at the end of the day, man. Yeah. Um, okay, but let's preview then the next two semifinal matchups. Let's just do match previews and predict what we think. We already kind of did Argentina-Croatia yesterday, so we'll just surface-level predictions here for that match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Argentina-Croatia will be the first one that happens on Tuesday, December 13th. This one's going to be very, very fun. This is going to be electric with these, those Argentine fans in attendance and Croatia. It's just crazy. On a, on a <laughs> magical run it. themselves yet again, back-to-back semifinal appearances with... Yet again, the same core players that have just led them to straight success yeah. in international football, but also a lot of youth, a lot of good young players that know their roles, like Juranovic, like Gavardiol, that are just shining at this tournament. So, just straight up, who do you have winning this game and why? This one's tough, man, because Croatia have already proved to me that they can beat top talent. They beat Brazil, not beat outright, but they can grind. They can take it to penalties, and at that point, it's Croatia's. So if Croatia have proved to me they can keep it tight against anybody, man, they can win this game, absolutely. Argentina, though, on the other side, have shown me that they just have an equally good grit to their style of play. That never-say-die type of attitude, they share it just like the Croatians have it. So I see Argentina also having a really good chance. I see this game as 50-50, man, as all of these quarterfinals, round of six, or, you know, these quarterfinals specifically have been, man. I don't really see an out-and-out winner as in, okay, if they play their best, they will win it. I think the difference between these two teams is Leo Messi. I really do. I think that is the difference. And he's had such a good tournament this year, man. I think I'm going Argentina. He's showing up in every game. Goal, assist, or both. Leo Messi is unstoppable right now, and I think he's on a mission. And a mission that Croatia might not be able to stop. So I'm going to have Argentina in the final. Yeah, I just, for me, I just, if you put Messi in a semifinal match with the opportunity to just win a game in 90 minutes to go to a FIFA World Cup final to get that ultimate redemption story after losing it in 2014, I don't see him falling short here. I just don't, especially with the way that he's playing right now, the form that he's in, the way that no matter how good the opposing team's defense is, for example, Mexico was playing a great defensive game. He was able to find a way to crack it. And same with this Dutch team that we rated as the best defense name-wise on paper going into the tournament. He found a way to crack it with a goal off of a penalty, but then an absolute worldie of an assist. Yes. He's going to figure it out, I just feel like. I think so. And so despite Croatia being such an impressive um, team so far, I don't think they're going to be able to stop the the magic of Messi. And that's going to be it. And I, and I cannot wait. And if just any other player for Argentina shows up, like Enzo Fernandez, for example, has a moment for himself, then that's just going to help. Yeah. That's just going to help. And that's just going to add to this Argentine run that they're doing right now. And so I actually do see Argentina making the final. Yeah. Let's see what the poll says. The poll says Argentina 55%, Croatia 45% for this match. Okay, fair, fair. I think I think it's like that. I think it's, I think that it's like that, man. Yeah, I think the 5% goes to Messi's impact if not it would be 50 50 argentina cannot be france i will totally bet on that yes please underestimate croatia <laughs> croatia will have plan for argentina i'm sure that they just analyze every team and shut them down on the pitch again giving croatia no no chance thank you we love it i literally just said croatia will have a really good chance here <laughs> <laughs> i think people just hear the ultimate prediction yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> we're not giving them a chance but i'm saying that they're gonna be imagine if we were saying Argent- uh, croatia's shit 
<laughs> imagine shit, and Argentina's gonna win. <laughs> like, that's not giving them a chance. I'm out here saying that it's gonna be 50 50. Yeah. I'm giving the edge to Argentina. That's giving credit to both sides. Sadly, Argentina loses in penalties 6 5. Too close to the final, carrying two entire continents on his back with the Argentinian fans supporting him. I don't see him mm. falling short. Vamos Argentina. That's, yeah. that's what I think, too. That's what I think, too. So that's what we have for this one. Following that, it will be Morocco against France. Who would have ever predicted the semifinal? I match, just can't man? believe Outside that. Outside of a like, diehard Moroccan fan. <laughs> right. You know, who would have predicted this one? I want to know what the chat thinks about this one. Producer Rudd is on the poll right now. And I'm going to go first, brother. I'm going to say this. I did what I did in the quarterfinals by supporting Morocco and being like, you know what? doesn't matter how good Portugal is coming off of a 6-1 victory. I'm going Morocco because I owe it to them, and they have earned that respect from me. And, brother, I think I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. I'm going to be wearing Moroccan oil in my hair the next time <laughs> they play in the semifinals, man. I will be burning baguettes at my disposal the day before. I will be doing everything I can to support Morocco yeah. because I owe that to them, man. I really personally do because more than you, I did show a little bit of hate towards Morocco in that group stage and then the round of 16. And so this is my way of asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Like I said, Moroccan oil on deck for the game everywhere, bro. I'm excited. I'm going Morocco in this game because for me, it's not even about who they play anymore, man. It's not. I think they will always find a way to stay in a match. They will always find a way to compete for a victory. And if they can just get that one goal or even, even be able to take it to penalties, I think Morocco might have the advantage, man. Bro. They have more fans in attendance. They'll be out there booing the French players. And there's a pressure with France being being handed this matchup, how on paper they're looking at it like, damn, we should win this. We should have an automatic victory to the final yet again. We should be able to do this again. I think that if that defense, the one that we saw today, shows itself yet again in this semifinal matchup, I think Morocco will be able to, to punish them for it. And I think Morocco wins this game. I got Morocco winning, folks. Morocco wins this match. Damn. Damn, bro. This game's going to be a banger. Both semifinals are going to be bangers as far as atmosphere, quality on the pitch, and drama. 100%, dude. Uh, I have France lifting the trophy. So I have France winning this game. I don't think it'll be easy because what I love about this matchup, man, we have the best offense in the tournament against, statistically, the best defense in the tournament. So which one wins out? Yeah. We'll find out. I cannot wait to see because it's just going to be electric no matter what ends up happening. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for Morocco because this is like the craziest underdog story I think there's ever been at a World Cup, at least, you know, in recent, yeah. recent memory. If you think about like the 2010s as far as like so modern Costa football. could have done, man, if they right. that penalty shootout. Oh, my man. God. Yeah, that's true, bro. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> if not yeah. even smaller, like, you know, yeah. with the talent pool that Costa Rica has versus Morocco. Right. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, and Morocco have actually pulled it up by getting to yeah, that semifinal. Off, yeah. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're living the dream right now. Yes. They're living the dream of every Cinderella team or any underdog in the yeah. World Cup ever, bro. And what I love about Morocco is they're not going to be phased by the fact that they're facing France. They're going to play them the exact same way they've played every other opponent in this tournament. And I love that because that gives me an assurance as a viewer or as a fan of Morocco, knowing that they're going to execute their game plan. They might still lose, but I know that they won't fluff it come match day. And that's what I think is going to make this game really interesting. 
Damn, yeah, I like these comments a lot. Mbappe versus Hakimi. What a clash of friends. I hope no one gets easy on the other. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a dope matchup. The unstoppable force says El Sombrerico seven versus the immovable object. Yeah. Damn, two that's complete death. opposites going up against each other. Hakimi versus Mbappe yet again. I'll say it again. Morocco wins. Pure heart, impenetrable defense. Twelfth oh, man, man wins it. Yeah. Damn. None of you two are for Croatia. You've put everyone before them every episode, and it's okay. But weird. <laughs> Jesus, sure, man. Sure, sure. Jeez, I'm giving them so much credit, bro. All right, Morocco, 65% in this poll. France, 35%. I think we got a heavy Moroccan contingent. I'm going to be honest with you, brother. I think we got a lot of Moroccans in this chat, which uh -huh, I uh -huh, love. Uh -huh. Which I love. They're showing their, their passion and their love for their team. But I do think it's a lot closer than 65-35%. I think this could be a 55-45 for France. Yeah. And I'm going with that 45 for Morocco. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's do match ratings. We haven't done match ratings. Okay. Match ratings. Let's talk about the two games today. Which one was better? Which one will win the give-and-go match rating of the day? The first match we had was Portugal against Morocco. And I know, I know we have Moroccan fans in the chat. But let's be honest here, folks. <laughs> let's be honest here, folks. One to ten. What would, you guys, what would you guys rate this match between Morocco and Portugal? I'm seeing an eight. I'm seeing a nine. I'm seeing an eight. I'm seeing a nine. I'm seeing an eight. A five to six. A six. A six. A seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, I must say this was the, the weakest quarterfinal game. I think by far, too. Yeah. 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 But because it was a quarterfinal, I'll give it a seven. Versus mm. if it was a group stage game, I'd probably go six. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there with you. Seven. Yeah. I think it's a seven. Yeah, it looks like the average here is a seven, too. I agree. Seven it is for Morocco against Portugal. The next match was Argentina. Not Argentina, my fault. <laughs> uh, England yeah. versus France. What did you guys think about this one on a scale of 1 to 10? Really good quality on display. So Three much, goals. So that fun. Harry Kane penalty miss was so dramatic. Fuck. What would you guys rate the England versus France match? Eight, 7.5, 10, 9. Nines, 8, 8.5, 7, 8, not. Ooh, I'm I going 9 it, on this one, man. I, the quality was insane, and the, the second half was you know, musty TV. Yeah. 11s. Uh, we, uh, I think we'll go nine. We'll have to go nine here. Right. Yeah, nine. All right. England versus France wins the give and goes match of the day. What an award. But all in all, what was the best quarterfinal match then? I think it would have to be Netherlands. No, yeah. But, but yeah, 100%. Be, yeah, yeah. It had yeah. to be Netherlands. Argentina. Hakimi versus Mbappe is crazy. Y'all got me hyped on that, man. I'm thinking about that now. <laughs> that's going to be so exciting. You know what's funny, man? Looking at whoever ends up going to the final, for as unpredictable as this World Cup has been, we might just end up getting a repeat of the 2018 final. Uh, Wouldn't yeah. that be crazy? Yeah, yeah. All of the you know unpredictable things that have happened this tournament, all of the you know showstoppers, all of the things that just people you know blew people's minds, and we might just end up getting the same two teams that fought for it last time. Isn't that crazy? It'd be crazy. I don't think that's ever happened too. Is a, a repeat of a final, yeah, yeah, yeah. World Cup like that, like back to back, man. Yeah. Hey, give and go. What's going on? I'm the man who said Japan versus France final still sucks. I was wrong, laughing my ass off. But damn, it's tough. Brazil and Portugal is out. Mm. This will be the last match of the day rating. Oh yeah, because because oh yeah, semifinals yeah, yeah. are all just one one, one, one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right, man. Sad face, sad face. Rest in peace, match ratings. That was a fun segment. We'll figure <laughs> out some other segment, man. We'll figure something out. We'll do Q&A here. Q&A here for just a few minutes. A few minutes. Yeah, what's Carrasco, the, you want to get anything in here? What's the point of bringing <laughs> Grealish in for two minutes? I, I agree. I don't know what's what that the was point, about, man? Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. One game per day. We have a nice, I think, what, three-day, four-day break right now leading into the semis. I think it's, it's, it's Tuesday. Two, so yeah, three days, it's, yeah. two days, three days. 
Morocco has faced the weak Europe. Croatia is Morocco final rematch from this exact World Cup. I like your interactions with the fans. Well done. Hey, thank you, Vedran. Thank you. These matchups have me muy, muy, muy excited. Yeah. England played better, but they can't finish. What went wrong for England? Remember uh, how I previewed this game in the sense that I said that um, it wouldn't come down to true tactics. It would just be who would finish their chances and who would miss them. That is exactly what happened yeah. today. That is yeah. exactly what happened. France finished their two chances. England missed their one big chance to try and equalize it. That's all it came down to. Damn, dude. And that's so harsh. I agree. No, I agree. That, that when the quality is that good, it just comes down to who can step up. And yeah. fucking Harry Kane really did miss that shot, bro. I can't believe it. I can't that. believe it. I can't believe it. We're seeing some sad images, bro. Sad images. <laughs> Harry Kane, Neymar, Port, uh, Ronaldo, Oh, dude. Just like that, bro. Sad Within images, the last man. 24 hours. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Lucas 20 says football God is throwing dice. <laughs> <laughs> He's gambling on this tournament. Okay, Ben Lowry says, tell Producer Red to hit me up for Euro 2024 potential tickets. Producer Red says, to comment on his channel. Producer Red's channel is Rudy is Magic. Comment on his channel, and he'll get in contact to you from there. If not, then we can just send the give-and-go email as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get that taken care of, because I truly am interested to see what you got, Ben Lowry. Really am, and really grateful if that this is... You know, if this is true. Yeah. Thoughts on the death of Grant Wall. Was he killed? Dude, I saw that. I've been following Grant Wall for a long time now. Big part of the Twitter, uh, football Twitter universe. His mm. reporting has been good for the sport. And he uh, has a, some really good write-ups. He's covered so many different leagues in the past. But it was reported that uh, he passed away at mm. 48 years old in Qatar. Was covering a match and just passed away. Still mm. no true reasoning behind what happened, yeah. whether it feels like a cardiac arrest or who mm. knows what. Mm. Um, but some also really shady stuff coming out as well where there's speculation that maybe something happened behind the scenes that we don't know about. So right. I'm not going to say anything with any certainty, but I am saying that it's very concerning to see what happened. And rest in peace, Grant Wall, man. He was a big part of the football community, especially here in the Americas, man. The Hitman says, we could get a repeat of a final, a non-European final, or a final where two teams from the same group meet each other. The possibilities. <laughs> I gotta, yeah, repeat of a final, a non-European final, or a group repeat. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. There was a, there's a funny comment that I saw that said, uh, there's a theory that the Morocco-Croatian game never happened this World Cup in the group stage. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> but it'll play out in the final, it'll apparently. It'll play out in the final, yeah. right? <laughs> That's crazy that did happen. It happened. Yeah. They've played each other already. And they tied, right? They yeah, tied nil-nil. Tie. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is payback for the Portuguese conquest, conquest in Africa. <laughs> Damn, no, they're, they're, yeah. Really political yeah, they're, they're, in here. Political. <laughs> awesome, guys. I think we're going to end it right there. We're going to cut a little short, man. It's been a great stream. Really enjoyed talking to you guys and enjoy the matches today. Rest up. Enjoy the weekend. And we will see you guys on Tuesday for an Argentina uh, Croatia reaction, dude. dude. Gonna be a banger. I can't wait for these semifinal games, man. Can't wait. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.